right here as Katsuri gets to Nisna. Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back to Nekdi. Nekdi past the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblom buries it. And the power play goal ties this game in two. This is episode 73 of the Liberty Yo. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? I, I'm confused on how to feel <laughs> at this point in time. Because if you look at our record, you would you would think that I should be optimistic, but I'm the furthest thing from that. I actually couldn't hate them more, despite them gaining points. I mean, dude, it's been... I mean, I talked about it last night with you a little bit on text. They, they're what? Like, 3-0-2 in the last five games, I think, something like that. But it feels like they're 0-5-0. Honestly, I mean, that's what it really feels like. It's, I mean, they've gotten outplayed the last three games really, really, really bad. They came away with a win against Seattle, and then it's just been downhill since then. I mean, that, that game last night against the Kings was one of the worst games I've watched this year, and probably in a really long time, honestly. All, the, the, the entirety of the West Coast road trip thus far has been, has been god-awful. Yeah. Every single game has been terrible to watch, filled with Keith Yandel turnovers. I mean, they're relying on Martin Jones. Like, dude, Felix Sandstrom put up a performance that genuinely had me impressed, and they still couldn't fucking win it. Uh, real quick, they're 2-1-2 and two in the last five, not not 3-0-2. Oh, but uh, Felix Sandstrom seen 43 shots in his rookie debut and still lost. And, I mean, I was snapping about it on the pod. I mean, not the pod the Twitter account right after. I mean, for a rookie goalie to come in here and make his first start and have to face 46 shots, 46 shots and save 43 of them and still lose the game. And you still have to take that game into overtime against the fucking San Jose Sharks, who their only players are what Tommy's hurdle, uh, Eric Carlson, and then burnt. I mean, that's it. Logan Couture. Cool, dude. I mean, the fact that we are 2-1-2 in the last five is a godsend, honestly, because we should be 0-0-5 or just something, zero-something and something because whether we went into overtime with these teams, I mean, we went into overtime with San Jose, we went into overtime with, I'm pretty sure it's San Jose. I mean, Montreal in the last five, too, because we lost in Montreal when Jackson Cage scored and uh, all that good jazz happened. But, I mean, the last five games seem like they've been good, like, points-wise. But, I mean, in terms of actual play and getting outplayed, outshot, losing one-on-one battles, I mean, power play hasn't been very good either. I mean, they started to pick it up a little bit a couple weeks ago. Um, but I mean, they've started to die down a little bit. They have not been good. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying it to you for what feels like the last couple of weeks now. Like they, it feels like they have no structure. Like I tune in as a fan. I sound like a broken record saying this all year. Every fucking week, bro. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's every week that I sit here and I'm like, this team has no structure. This team has no life. This team has nothing, man. They have absolutely nothing to cling on to and be like, okay, maybe things can get better. Like Ryan Ellis coming back. I don't give a fuck about Ryan Ellis anymore, dude. I really don't care. Like Ryan Ellis coming in and just saving us. Like, like some teams are once some teams are fast. Some teams are two-way, hard-hitting. Some teams are possession teams. Some teams, like, even Hackstall teams have an identity of just taking shitty shots <laughs> from the point 
and trying to get some kind of garbage rebound. But like with the Flyers, it's like at times it just seems like a bunch, like an Eshel dropping game, an EASHL dropping game. Just five dudes skating around, calling for the puck, not supporting each other. I mean, you said it best yesterday. You were like, it's literally just five dudes running around at will doing whatever they want. I mean, that's literally what it is right now. It's There's no structure. They can't break out of their own zone. And if they do break out of their own zone, it's like a chip on the boards with another chip with the F1 helping out, and then finally they get it out. And then when a team tries to break it out against us, it's the easiest breakout of all time. It's a joke, dude. I mean, it's it's an absolute joke. Kevin Connaughton and Keith Yandel is my third pair. I wish I'm sure we'll get into that. No, in Yandel's very gonna get short his town. Yeah, Yandel's gonna get his own segment for sure. But it, there's no, like you said, it it's five guys running around. There's no structure. There's no there's no good breakouts. And like I said, if there is a breakout, it's off the boards and hope and pray. A player like tips it out, or JVR gets a stick on it, or some shit like that. But like, there's no identity to this team, man. There's absolutely no identity, and it's not even like past Flyers teams. Like when we were 17, 18 years old, when the five on five play would be eh, but then we had the power play there to like kind of save us because the power play was probably the best in the league for that five six years. Remember how good they were when? I mean, it was Simmons, yeah. Jake, yeah, exactly. Shen, uh, it, it Ghost, Timonen, Strike. I mean, even Strike, the power play was good. Now it's like, I mean, you texted me last night when they went on that 5-on-3 for a little bit. Like, you can't even sit there and get excited for it because you know it's going to be perimeter passing the entire time. And even, like, Boucher last night when he was commentating that game with Jim Jackson was like, oh, well, I like that power play. That second power play was nice. I like the movement. I mean, like at this point, I mean, I said it like two pods ago. At this point, I don't give a fuck about movement, dude. I don't care if they look good. We're past the point of looking good. Like, we're not in the first first two weeks of the season anymore. We're like yeah. looking good is okay, and you can build on that. I mean, we're in it's fucking January second. It's twenty twenty two, and the power play still looks like they don't know how to play hockey. I mean, seriously. I mean, Dale Williams had the power play going for a little bit. But in their last, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six games, they are three for 16, 19%. That's no, that's no good. I don't give a fuck how they look movement wise. I mean, like, what are we doing here, man? Are, like, are, are we blowing smoke up each other's asses and trying to make this team look better than they actually are? Because this power play shit, the five on five is shit. The only good that the only good thing about this team right now is the goaltending. And the only reason why we lost last night to the Kings was because the goaltending wasn't good. If the goaltend, yeah, go ahead. I was say yeah, we're just beyond the point of moral victories. Like, and I, I say that as the team has a five-one and two record in their last eight, but it's just like the teams that they were playing. Like they were lucky they they versed Seattle. They were lucky to play San Jose. They were even lucky that was the Kings last night. Because I swear to God, if that was a stretch of like Tampa, Florida, Boston, like we've had in the past. That's an 0-3 right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it went, Guaranteed. It went Vegas 4-3, Arizona 5-3 win. Then it went that, that New Jersey 6-1 blowout. And then it went that Montreal shootout loss. Ottawa, we barely escaped with them to win. And then the Washington and Pittsburgh game got postponed, and then we came back and we beat Seattle, lost against San Jose, and then lost against the LA Kings. So, like, yeah, the records have been good. 
But even that Ottawa game, that 4-3 win, I I remember sitting there with you being like, we do not deserve to win this game. Like, we, we have no business walking away with a 4-3 win here. But, like, of course I'll take it. But when you sit here and you talk about the actual team and the product that they're putting on the ice, you can't look back at those games and be like, okay, they came away with a win, so I'm like I'm completely okay with the, the product that they put on the ice that game. Like, no, I'm not okay with the product that they put on the ice that game. Like, it's absolute shit. It's been absolute shit since the first two weeks of the season, and anybody saying otherwise is lying, is either lying to themselves or watching a, a completely different team because this team is not a good hockey team. I don't care what anybody says, bro. Yeah, at least for what they've shown us thus far. Not a good hockey team. Not a good hockey team. No, the only reason why they're in reach of a playoff spot, a wild card playoff spot right now, is because of Carter Hart, Martin Jones, and Elon and even Felix Sandstrom, which is even, like, it's extremely sad to say, even though he's only had one start. But 43 saves facing 46 shots in your NHL debut is absolutely 1,000% disgusting. It's one of the most disgusting things I've seen by this team this year, honestly, bro. A rookie goalie, when, when a rookie goalie makes his NHL debut, I mean, we saw it when Carter Hart came up. That team played their absolute hearts out. I mean, I remember guys diving in front of every puck they possibly could to get in front of Carter Hart and make a make a block for him so he can win that game. When a, when, when a rookie goalie makes his NHL debut, players around him usually try their best to make that like the easiest debut of all time. Look at fucking Rob Zepp in the past. Like guy like the guys like that. Remember Rob Zepp? I do. The fucking thirty year the thirty three year old that made his debut and they they played their ass off for him. I remember all of those computer generated names that we started in goal for those three fucking years, dude. Yeah. But I just want to say something. Um because ever since Yo has t- taken over the team, I've been told possession guy, everything that he said in the media leads me to believe that he wants to dominate puck possession and play. I'm going to run down the sh- the amount of shots the opposing teams have gotten thus far under Mike Yo led Flyers. You ready for this? Uh, no, but yeah, go ahead. Colorado 50, first game. <laughs> New Jersey 27, not bad, but we lost 3 nothing. Vegas had 44. Yep. Arizona had 32. Devils once again had 27 in the game that we blew them out. Yeah. Canadians had 40. The lowly <laughs> Canadians had 40. Th- Ottawa, 31. Seattle, how many shots did Seattle have? 36. Seattle, who has been known as a team that actually cannot score, much like the Flyers, looking just so dominant in that game. Like, we made Seattle look great in that game. Great. Fan- they- fantastic, honestly. Honestly, we did. other than the first five minutes of that game, they we made them look extremely good, which is... So depressing. San Jose, 46 shots. And I honestly don't, I don't even feel bothered to check the last game. LA, LA had 34 shots last game. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We cannot hold a team under like 32 shots for the life of us. And we're supposed to be a puck possession team. And then you got the people sitting there on Twitter being like, once we get Ryan Ellis back, everything will be okay. But, like, if Chuck Fletcher is sitting there and and structuring his team around one guy being in the lineup, we have a fucking problem. We have a huge fucking problem. Bro, I'll take it a step further, bro. People are worried about that. The organization is keeping a player in that is hurting the playoff hopes game by game 
due to an individual record that means nothing to the franchise. I mean, like, something about that really just fucking irks me. This guy has been a flyer for 30 games. The other 920 he's played, some of them are on the fucking New York Rangers daggering us. Why do I care about his... I don't. Nobody cares. No. It's it's disgusting, bro. It's actually disgusting. The team is putting a player's personal stats over winning hockey games. We are tr- we are actively trying to make the fucking playoffs right now. And I'm watching Keith Yandel, who cannot skate anymore. Keith Yandel cannot skate in the NHL anymore. I've seen it time and time again, week after week, month after month. This guy cannot skate in the NHL anymore. And I'm going to see him for the next 11 fucking games because of this dumb fucking Iron Man streak, man. It's a, it's an absolute joke. It's disgusting. The, the Flyers should be ashamed of themselves. Dave Scott can go fuck himself. It, it, the, the entire organization is, is, is just in a downfall, bro. Because we're playing a guy over Cam York. Okay, would Cam York probably not look... I mean, would he not look that good? Could he make a couple of mistakes? Could he allow some goals? Absolutely. But what's the third pair doing right now? If, Dog, if, if I'm watching York, Jackson fucking Kate. If, exactly. If Cam York comes in here and gives up a couple of goals or, like, gets bodied on the inside by, like, a heavy offensive forward, okay. I'd rather see Cam York do that and build through it and gain some experience than fucking Keith Yandel, man. Keith Yandel's a veteran. He knows what he should be doing. He knows what position he should be. He can't skip. Skate anymore, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm sure Keith Yandel is a great dude. I, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about him in the locker room. He's he's Kevin Hayes' best friend, so I'm I'm happy that he's here for that part because I'm. This has not been an easy year for Kevin Hayes. I mean, we can all agree with that. But Keith Yandel cannot skate in the NHL anymore. He is actively hurting the fucking team right now, and he will be in this lineup. I mean, we're not even going to sit here and talk about the possibility of him coming out. Because that's not happening. It's 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 not happening. So we're going to have him and then Knowlton or fucking Nick Sealer for another 11 games. Or, or, Yo can grow a pair of balls and put York in there with Yandel. Because I'm not even going to attempt to say that sit Yandel because it's not happening. So the best, the next best thing is a Yandel-York pair. That's the next best thing. Listen, they won't do this, but like if he, if Yo and Chuck really had the nuts to do this, they could just go to him and say, "If you want this streak that bad, waive that no move clause, boss, and yeah. then we'll then we'll be able to get you out of here. Otherwise, you're sitting. That's the business. If yeah. you suck, you sit." Exactly, dude. No, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of mad that we just like we agree on this because I kind of wish we disagree so we can have like a back and forth, but. I mean, I completely. But it's agree. so obvious that it's, it's so like... obvious. I mean, I mean, there there are people that I know that like like Keith Yandel and like don't want to like give up on him. And even they're like, okay, this dude fucking sucks. Like this guy's a liability to this team. He can't skate anymore. I mean, dude, Drew passed the puck back to Yandel on the, on the point, and he like fell into a stick and it almost fell over. Like his balance like he can't fucking skate anymore bro and we're defending we're depending on this motherfucker to carry the third pair and go up against other NHL players he cannot skate with them anymore he's slow i mean he, he i mean there's so many things he can't do he's yeah, slow exactly. at this point we've dug ourselves in a hole to where every game matters 
Like, the every game going on the road against the Seattle Kraken, that, you need that fucking game now. You lost 10 straight. But so, no. like, we can't afford to just but no, do the Danny. do the Eric Gustafson shit again. But, Danny, did you know that he's 11 games away from the Iron Man streak? L- listen, listen. I did saw a tweet know? today. I saw a tweet today that was like, hopefully, I'm sorry, I don't know who it's from. I'm not trying to, like, if I knew who it was from, I'd, I'd say your name. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Um, they said that, we're going to see Cam York on January 24th at home against Dallas because that is the first game after the breaking of the streak. And so it just it just sat wrong with me. Like, we're already accepting. Yeah, like, it's sad. Like, dude, we could be out of the playoffs entire, like, maybe not entirely, but pretty much by no. that point. No, we could definitely be out of the playoffs entirely by then. 11 more games? If we go fucking, if we lose, like, 9 of those or 8 of those, uh, we're not making the playoffs. The Metropolitan Division is way too good for us to lose 9 of the 11 and still try to be in the in the run for the playoffs. So, the next 11 games is going to depend on, not entirely on Keith Yano, because obviously he's only playing third pair of minutes, but he's actively hurting the team down there. I mean, him and Knowlton are the worst third pair that I have ever fucking seen. Ever. And I mean, I'm and I'm talking about Brandon Manning, Racco Gudis third pairing. I mean, it, it's worse than that. It's a hundred percent worse than that. And I thought I had a bad when I had to sit there and watch Racco Gudis in the playoffs against the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. I thought I had it bad. I thought that was the worst. I thought seeing Brandon Manning, fucking Racco Gudis, Oliver Lauritsen on my back pair was like the last of it. I thought, okay, I'm gonna see actual good players on my team now. And now I'm. Now I'm stuck seeing Keith Yandel and Kevin Connaughton slash Nick Sealer on my third pair. I mean, Nick Sealer is straight up hacking at pucks, bro. He's straight up just hacking at them. Like, he's he's such a... No, nah, I'm, I'm not even going to say it, bro. It's, that third pair is just bad. It, I'll just it, say They're actively this. losing us games. That's what I'm going to say. Six out of these next 11 games are against Metropolitan Division opponents in Pittsburgh, Carolina, Boston, Rangers, Islanders, Blue Jackets. This is not the time to fuck around, dude. Nah, but you're going to see Keith Yano on PP1 and then the third pair. And then, then the organization is going to come out and feed. Well, well, Cam York still got some work to do. Still got oh, some. Oh, I am watching Jackson Cates. It's a joke, dude. Play <laughs> hot. I don't care forward defenseman. I do, I'm watching Jackson Cates and Max Willman nightly. I'm watching them on a regular basis. Like, I, I know their player profiles now. Like, <laughs> don't feed me that Cam York ain't ready. Like, Let's just try it. I mean, I can't see people being like, well, the only reason why you're seeing Jackson Cates right now is because the team is dealing with some COVID issues. And, yeah, that's probably the truth. But, I mean, what? how much worse could Cam York be than than Connaughton slash Sealer? I mean, we're not going to have Keith Yano come out of the lineup. We already know that. But how much worse could he be than those two? I mean, honestly, I think he would help. I think he's a... He's a fleet. I mean, he's really, really, really good on his feet. He's an extremely good skater. He can break a puck out. He's extremely smart. So I mean, like that might be something that can really help Yando out because he's he's really struggling breaking pucks out. I mean, like you said, if he doesn't hit that first pass in his own zone, if he doesn't get the puck out right away and hit his first pass on the tape, he's either fumbling in the puck or turning it over blindly in the neutral zone. I mean, he is so bad. He is it's, so fucking bad, bro. It's not even like he's like, like yeah, he is skating tremendously slow. He cannot skate, but it seems like his mind is processing everything that's happening delayed. Like I can see it on the TV and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I, I see the disconnect. I know. 
in them, and it's just like it just tumbles and snowballs from there. But more than just him, I mean, there's so many players on this team that just go invisible at yeah. times. And it re- like, I mean, we were joking, Ivan stat pad, but like, up, I mean, last night, yeah, he <laughs> scored. Yeah, he had that OT winner. Outside of that, disappointing this season. I don't care who his partner is. I've seen him look better under Andrew McDonald. Now, uh, tra- I mean. Anybody talking? I'm sorry to cut you off. Anybody talking about Ivan Provorov? I mean, you can admit that like the goal against LA was cool, but even though it was like five two at that time, uh, the overtime against the overtime goal against Seattle was beautiful, obviously. But I mean, other than that, I mean, his defensive play this year has been brutal. I mean, the the turnovers, the the lack of judgment from him is like uncharacteristic. It's been bad. I mean, him and Braun. I mean, we talked about it in the start of the season with the Ellis injury. We we were really scared about the idea. I mean, I remember saying in one of my articles, I'm, I was really scared of the idea of Braun playing top line minutes for an extended period of time. Because yes, you can get away with that for like a week or maybe two, but if when you start going into like months at a time with Justin Braun on your th- first pair, you're gonna run into some problems. And obviously, yeah, Provov. Provorov could obviously play better individually, but like he's playing with a guy who's not a first pair right defenseman at this time in his career. I mean, he is Justin Braun is a fine third pair defenseman, but the fact that he's playing on the first pair right now is not good. I mean, it's not good at all. Provorov's not helping his case out at all either because he's not playing well. I mean, the the entire defensive corps, honestly. I mean, the sad thing is Sandheim and Rissalina have been the best pair, and even. They haven't even been good. I mean, I think Rissalainen, yeah, like they've just been all right. They've been fine. I mean, I think Rissalainen has been been the best defenseman on the team this year. I mean, I don't even think it's close. Could, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As a whole, I say that pairing is just and that's not even spot. saying anything because Rissalainen hasn't really even been like quote unquote like real good. I mean, he's been okay, but I wouldn't sit here and be like Rissalainen was um so good. Pay, uh, up to January second, he's been like, no, he he's been okay, he's done his job, but I mean, he hasn't done anything out of this world where I'm looking like, oh my god, we one hundred thousand percent think that he's the best defenseman on the team. But looking at the uh, the the rest of the defensive court, yeah, I mean, you can you can confidently probably say that because it's not Provorov, it's not Braun, it's not Sandheim, and it's certainly not Yandel or Kanalin. So it's fucking Ristolainen. It's a joke, dude. It's, it's an such a shame because they really are like between the goaltending, like Morgan Frost, Faraby, they're getting some solid nightly performances from these guys. And it's just, man, I keep going back to Konechny. I really have to keep going back to Konechny because he he is the goal scorer. Like yeah. he's supposed to be the all star goal scorer. Shh, but wait, on Danny, the team. you can't you can't talk bad about him, Danny. He makes gifts. Come on, bro. Calm down. Yeah, yeah, he makes penalties. Yeah. You remember that penalty he took last night? He makes funny faces, Danny. Remember? Come on, man. Calm down. <laughs> outside of guy, outside dude. of the first three games of the season, he has two goals. He's outside a, of the first three games. He hasn't scored a goal in 17 games, dude. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? He has nine assists in his last ten. That's cool. Assists are cool. I'll always take assists. But we paid this guy to be one of our top goal scorers, and he has zero fucking goals in his last 17 games. And now he's and now he's taking 10-minute misconducts for uh, running his fucking mouth twice in one game? I mean, come on, bro. I know. Focus on your fucking game before you start talking shit. I mean, what are these other players talking? What are these other players saying to him? 
on San Jose. And you, and you got Frost and Farabee. Like, Farabee has stepped in and, like, taken TK's role and has been better. Yeah, I mean, Farabee... And Frost is now about to do the same shit. Like, Farab- honestly, I feel like Frost is kind of... Dude, this sounds weird, but Frost is kind of saving him in a way because you, I see an extra, like, pep and Konechny's step playing with a guy like Frost I on mean, that line. Frost is a really good player, dude. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. But, uh, Farabee, I mean, Farabee has six goals in his last eight games, even even considering the COVID stoppage that he had. I mean, Farabee's been the best goal scorer on the team. And it hasn't even been close. And like you yeah, said... Him, Giroux, and Atkinson have been doing their part. Zero, I mean, Konechny hasn't scored since November 18th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is 110% unacceptable. You, I mean, I, I can't even wrap my head around the fact that he has not scored. I mean, yeah, he has nine assists in the last ten, I think, something like that. I mean, that's cool, but like, you're not here to, you're not here to. Connectney used to be a guy where when I would sit down and watch the game, I felt like he was doing something every night. I felt like he was getting on the stat sheet every single night, multiple times per night. Like that that nineteen twenty season, he had multiple multi point games, and he was looking fantastic. He was daggering teams. He was able to snipe it off the... When was the last time TK has just gotten the puck and sniped it like he used to? The last time I remember was that overtime goal against Washington. I don't even know how far back that was. But I remember the, when he like entered the neutral zone, made that deke, entered the offensive zone, and then ripped one home. And I was like, holy shit. That is fucking Travis Konechny. That is what he was brought here to do. That is his type of game. I cannot wait to see this kid buried 25-plus for the next fucking 10 years. And then I'm getting 17 straight games without a goal? I'm sorry, bro. That can't happen. I mean, we just... As much shit as I talk about... I'm sorry. As much shit as I talk on Jake Voracek and how he doesn't score goals, he has 20, 22 or 23 assists right now. But, like, when you lose a guy like that who puts up the points that he does and you... You quote unquote replace him with a guy like Konechny because that's I mean that, that's essentially who we replaced him with even though it was in house. Konechny doesn't put up the same kind of assist that 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 Voracek does. So you need to follow up with goals. And the fact that I have zero in the last seventeen games and you're sitting here yapping at other players, you're sitting here yapping at referees because he didn't call a hook. He didn't call a borderline hook against you, Konechny. Are you fucking kidding me? Shut the fuck up. And worry about scoring goals. How about that? How about you shut the fuck up, shut your mouth, because you have zero goals in less 17 games, and go score a goal before you start yapping at the refs. Because the refs are going to look at you and be like, what the fuck have you done to deserve that kind of call? What have you done in the last 17 games? And don't tell me that refs don't look at that kind of shit. Don't tell me that, bro. I don't give a fuck, because when a, when a veteran player... Looks for a call, he usually gets it. And then you look at a, a rookie who looks for that same kind of call, he usually doesn't get it because he's a rookie and he's got to build that. He's got to build it. He's got to build his respect with the refs to get that kind of call. What has Connecting done this year to deserve any kind of call to go his way? And the fact that he sat there and, and bitched and said whatever the fuck he said to the ref to deserve a 10-minute game misconduct, which is crazy to me. I would, I'll pay to see what he had to... I, I would personally pay to see what he said to the ref, but the fact that he's sitting there yapping at the revs, yet has zero goals in those 17 games is disgusting. It's a fucking, it, it, it's a joke. If I'm Giroux, I'm walking over to him and be like, shut your mouth and score some goals and put up some points. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I sound like a dickhead, but I don't even give a fuck. Like, 
you have to score goals, bro, and you got to shut your fucking mouth. Like, you're one of the... You're the guy now. Like, you're one of the dudes on this team now. Like, this is your team along with Giroud, along with Provorov, along with all of these guys. And you're you're not cutting it, man. Like, you're not. I mean, and, and it's been this way since the playoffs. I'm sorry to ramble, but, like, it's been this way. I mean, we, def- we sat on this podcast this summer and defended him. And the summer after after the bubble, after the the Montreal and the Islander series, we sat on this podcast and defended this motherfucker. Yeah, defended him when when everyone else was, was kind of saying what yeah. we're saying now. Yeah, I mean, and now I'm looking at it like, I mean, how could you sit here and, and, and keep on defending him, man? He's not doing what he needs to do. He's just not, man. I'm sorry. To make matters worse, we had a hunch all season that Sean Couturier is hurt, and guess what? We were correct. He is now on IR with an upper body injury. Not even that. I'm sorry to call you. Not even that, but Yo said that he's dealing with multiple upper body upper body injuries and multiple lower body injuries. So like, he's dealing with a lot. Put him. We saw that. Yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, we knew. I mean, everybody on Twitter knew that that Sean Couturier that we were watching was not Sean Couturier that we're used to. I mean, everybody knew that, but it was just a matter of time before we got the we got the news. I guess my overall arching point to this is when do we start, I'm not saying accused, but when do we look at the medical staff with some question marks? When do we start to take a serious look? Bro, we're talking about guys who, who came back for a game and have gotten re-injured on three separate occasions this year. Yeah, We're talking about a guy in Sean Couturier who's been playing with upper body, lower body injuries for two months, and then at the Christmas break decides, I can't do it no more. What is happening here? Ryan Ellis, week to week, since when? Beginning of November? Yeah. Derek Rossard, day to day, since December 8th? It's January second. Like, I'm still... I'm just puzzled. I'm just confused. I feel like there's there's no clarity from the organization on any of these injuries. And when I do see a guy, he leaves the ice in the second period and then is week to week for six weeks. If I'm lucky, could be fucking twelve. I mean, we haven't heard a an ounce of information out of the Flyers about Wade Allison since he got injured with his elbow injury. And like I read on, uh, what's his name? Is it Bob or Rob? Road truck. Is it Bob Rotruck? Bob. Bob Rotruck tweeted out today that Wade Allison is skating. So, like, that's the only update that I get. I don't get any update from the actual Flyers team. Like, what did the, like, what the actual fuck is going on right now? Derek Broussard gets hurt on December 8th. It's called day-to-day by the ex, ex, the ex-head coach. And then I haven't, I still haven't seen him. I mean, he just got he, off the He comes list. back and plays limited time minutes on the fourth line. And then is gone, re-injured, can't play again. What is that? Like that's a problem. If if it happens one time, you go okay, whatever. You give them the benefit of the doubt. We've it happens, seen that. Yeah, we've seen that on just like so many different occasions. We've seen it with Hayes. We've seen it with Ellis. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Couturier gets rushed back at some point. I mean, I mean, I didn't want to say it on the pod because obviously I have no say in anybody's medical choices or We're, it's just question or marks. anything like that, but. I mean, I said it to you off the off the record, and I'm gonna say it on the on the record now. But I said it to you off the record over this summer. I personally, but I'm I personally don't think Kevin Hayes should be playing. That's what I think. I personally do not think Kevin Hayes should be playing. We saw how Drew came back from that groin injury, and it took him a whole year. We saw how Ghost came back from that injury, the exact same injury, took him a whole year, and not even that. This 
Kevin Hayes not only got one of these surgeries, but Kevin Hayes has had two of these surgeries, and he has come back. And I'm sure Kevin Hayes is a hockey player. Kevin Hayes is a competitor. He wants to be out there. He wants to be with his boys, especially with Keith Yandel on the team. He wants to be out there competing, winning hockey games. Of course. Of course he's going to say he wants to be out there. But Kevin Hayes, I'm not a fucking doctor. Obviously, I have no idea what's going on in Kevin Hayes' life. But it looks like once he gets going and he gets his top speed going, yeah, he looks like he can move. But, like, when he starts skating from a standstill point, and then begins to move his feet. You can really, really, really see that he is not even close to 100% back from that injury. And I understand that we lack center depth. And we're missing some players right now. And we're in the midst of playing Jackson Cates. And watching him playing consecutive games for us. But man, like I really, really, really wish we had a different option than playing Kevin Hayes right now. Because I don't think he should be playing hockey. I, I think he should just be resting and getting ready for next season and come back 110% because he's, I mean, he's so obviously not 100% right now. And it's sad. I mean, it sucks. You got Couturier out. You got Kevin Hayes at like 60%. You got Morgan Frost playing his first like 12 games on the team this year. I was just going to say that. who Morgan Frost, who they, and now in hindsight, this looks even more stupid, dragged ass on recalling for two months for no reason. Dragged ass. Dragged ass for no fucking reason, bro. That's another thing. I remember we're gonna get into Keith Yandel shit, and we're gonna get into the frost shit. But like we said, the uh, the, the the Jackson Cates playing right now definitely has to do with the fact that like we have no center depth, and a lot of guys are dealing with some injuries and some COVID stuff, obviously, and that's why he's in the lineup. But like the fact that we had to wait so long for Frost to come up here, and like. I'm not just saying this because I'm a huge Frost guy and I like the way he plays hockey, but I think Frost, Farabee, Drew, and then like a combination of JVR and uh, Atkinson have been like the only bright spots on this team in the last like six games. Like Fro- Frost's defensive plays that he makes to exit a zone and come back and like body guy on the boards and then like get the puck free and make that slick pass up the up the zone to clear it is beautiful. And like. 98% of the fans that watch the games do not see that shit, so that's why I don't see any praise about Frost. But, like, I see that shit. I watch the little shit, the little passes that the kid makes. I mean, he had that one pass to Farabee, and then Farabee deked the guy, and then almost to completely destroy the goalie. But, I mean, even then, I kind of think Farabee didn't even realize that he was going to beat the guy after he received that pass. I didn't even think Farabee thought he was going to receive that pass. I mean, like, there have been a couple of times these last four or five games where I've seen guys get passes from Frost and be like, holy fuck, did you just get that to me? Did you really just get that to me? Bro, the JVR drop-off, the one-handed drop-off. It's a joke, dude. It's it's an absolute joke. The fact, I mean, it sucks, though, because, like, the first two weeks of the season, the team was good, and then once they call Frost up, they go into, like, they completely figure out how to play hockey. It's... It's but we hilarious. talk about, like, the severe lack of center depth. I mean, yeah. I feel like it would have been beneficial to have Frost with 30 games under his belt at this point nah. in the NHL level. Nah, Danny. Being he, comfortable. He taking need... face-offs in big spots. Metropolitan division games. Everything. Could have had it all. Could have maybe not experienced it all by now, but he could have had a, a feel for it so that when a, the big moment comes, when it comes time that we got to go into Boston and get two points to get that eighth seed, he's fucking ready. I don't know. 
I could just be ranting about no, that. No, Danny. He has to go play with Jerry Mayhew and fucking Garrett Wilson for 15 games before we're comfortable with him coming up and playing in the AHL next to Atkinson and Giroux. It's an absolute joke, dude. He I was mean, on the first power play unit as soon as Yo <laughs> took over the role, and now he's not. I, I didn't see... Dude, I watched those power plays closely. I didn't see anything he did to be t- demoted off nope. that first... That, that power play with uh, against Colorado... The first game of Yo's tenor was one of the best power play movement that I've seen from this team in the last two years, and they immediately went away from it after this, this that little COVID stoppage. But and, and they didn't play them in overtime in in uh, Seattle, right? And like it, like we're not sitting here saying that like Frost is like the end all be all and he would change everything and like win games for them, but like he's playing well. Anybody, like, even, I've seen, like, Gritty Adams, shout out to Gritty Adam on Twitter. That dude is not a Frost fan, and we both know that, but even he is like, yo, this kid's playing good. Like, this kid's fun to watch. Let's give this kid more time. And we're not saying this kid's going to go out in the ice and win games. I mean, he could, obviously. I mean, he's got the skill to do it. But we're not saying he's going to win, like, six games in a row and be this Connor McDavid guy. But let's start giving this guy chances. And uh, We saw uh, Patrick Brown out on the 3v3. And, uh, yeah, I understand that maybe he was only out there because he's really good on faceoffs. But, I mean... We have guys that are good on faceoff. We have Giroux. We have Hayes. We have, I mean, Frost is okay on faceoff. He's not great, but I mean, he's decent. He's 50 to 60%. I mean, he's not anything like, it's not like he's like 30, 40%. I mean, like, what are we doing here? Patrick we, Brown playing overtime minutes is, is a complete it's failure. It's disgusting. Bro. Anyway, anyway, anyone tries to spin that to me, absolute, you're wrong. That's a failure. When, as soon as I saw it, I started cracking up laughing to you. It's a <laughs> fucking joke. I kind of wish somebody would come on here and try to, like, tell us that Patrick Brown being involved in a 3v3 overtime match is a good thing. I would love to sit here and hear that argument because the only argument that I can possibly think of is, um, he's good on face-offs. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's important on 3v3, but we also Yeah, but what happens when we win the face-off? Like, and he gets (laughs) the puck. And he gets the puck in the offensive zone. He ain't doing anything. Like you're, it's about winning the game. That's what overtime's about. You put your best players out there to win the game because it takes one goal. Patrick Brown is, isn't the kind of guy you put on the ice and oh wow, GG, that's a good one. We're going home. GGG <laughs> baby, Patrick Brown's on the ice. Let's sit up on our seats now. Yeah, but like nah, we gotta put Patrick Brown on the ice because he's good at faceoffs. Like what are we playing, dude? Are we are are we killing a five on four power play in the second period or are we playing three on three hockey? What are we doing here, dude? It's it's an absolute joke, dude. It's an absolute joke, and I'm not even saying throw throw Frost in there, dude. I'd rather see fucking Limblom than Patrick Brown. And I know Limblom's not a center, but, like, mix it up. You got Giroux who can play center. You got Hayes that can play center. I mean, mix it up, dude. Like, what, like, what are we fucking doing here? Frost, Hayes, and Giroux should be your three centers in the fucking pa- on overtime. And then put the best players that you possibly can around those guys. Personally, I'd go Giroux, Atkinson, Provorov as my first overtime unit. Hayes, Konechny, and then Sandheim, Frost, Farabee, and then Ristolainen. I mean, it's not hard. Like, what are we sitting here doing, dude? Well, we're sitting here putting Patrick Brown out there in a 3v3? Is that really what we're doing? Yep. Are, are, are we tanking? Are it's we the tanking? the same shit. 
It's the same thing. It's the same thing as AV. Hate to say it, but it is. I mean, the same shit AV did. There's a reason why Mike Yo was hired by AV and was on his staff for that long. Like, he doesn't have that far of a different idea than AV did. I mean, like, they're, they're in the same meetings every day. They're in the same fucking building every day. They're talking about the same players and the same systems. I mean, of course, Yo is going to have a couple of different tweaks here and there. But overall, they have the same idea. Like, they... It's, but even then, bro, I mean, I talked to you on, on text. AV would play Frost in overtime. I mean, and Frost did play in the last overtime that we played in. But before that, he didn't. And it's just it's just weird. Like, don't you want your highly skilled offensive player that's really good in space to play when it's 3v3 and you're given a lot of space? Like, I'm not sitting here saying do calculus and or 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 go to the fucking moon. I'm sitting here saying, put your best offensive players out on the ice when they have the most kind of room that they can play with during a three-on-three, and let's see what happens. If they get squirt on, okay, it happens. That That's what happened to us the last couple of overtime games. Like, that's my argument with Cam York, too. Not to switch it up completely, but Cam York isn't playing hockey right now because, oh, they want him to get better in the AHL and get used to playing AHL pros. If he comes up here and he gets bodied a couple times like Kevin Connaughton did hanging on the back of Brendan Lemieux's back, okay, that's fine. I'd rather him do that than 36-year-old Kevin Connaughton, however old he yeah, is. Someone I someone I don't even know. I don't like, know him, bro. Who rather, is that guy? I'd rather have my 20-year-old best defensive prospect gain the experience in the NHL right now. And God forbid, if he's that bad and we miss the playoffs, then it's a learning experience for him. I, I, I would rather miss the playoffs with Cam York in my lineup than Kevin Connaughton and Keith Andel. Bottom line, I'd rather see what Cam York has right now. And if he's bad and we miss the playoffs and he's out of, he's getting bodied or he's out of place or he's just not used to the speed and we miss the play, Okay. I don't want to watch Kevin Connaughton be the reason why we missed the playoffs. I don't want to watch Keith Yandel anymore. I don't want to watch that motherfucker, dude. He can't skate. <laughs> he can't skate anymore, bro. I mean, he pinched up on that fifth goal. Oh, why is he pinching up like that? You're not a fucking left... You, you, oh, my God, I'm getting mad. You're not a left wing, dude. Why are you pinching up like that? I, mean, I understand that we're down by two goals and you got to play a little bit aggressive. But, I mean, dude, you just gave up a 2-1-1 with the only guy behind you was Kevin Connaughton. And he had a great view. They both had a beautiful front row fucking No Way Home movie theater seats to that fucking fifth goal, dude. That that Denault tapping goal. It's a joke, dude. It's an absolute joke that those two are playing hockey for my hockey team. It pisses me the fuck off. To, to go back to 3-on-3 three three overtime, we're, we're also talking about a team that can't win a shootout. So you gotta end the game there. Yeah, that's what also pisses me off about putting a guy like Patrick Brown out there. Like it's not like we're one of those dynamite shootout teams that's just gonna bury a couple and send you on your way. And I actually hate the way we make our shootout lineups. By the way, I mean like it would be like Couturier, Giroux, Hayes. Like what are we doing? We have Scott Lawton, who's like a breakaway machine. He never goes. Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee, they're here. They got hands. They're good. Like it's not. It's it's, it's, it's not even close because it should be Lawton Frost Drew, and then if we lose, I'm cool. Like okay, I'm cool. we just threw out our probably our our best three guys that 
could pot a goal on a breakaway because they have the best three hands. I mean, Lawton probably wouldn't be my choice for best hands on the team, but he's just extremely good on the breakaway. He loves that five-hole play. But, I mean, hey, if he's scoring goals, put him out there. I mean, yeah, he's it's better than Couturier shoveling it in someone's chest. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that we could sit here and complain about this team. I mean, we can complain about the power play. We can complain about that third pairing. We can complain about the constant getting outshot. Let's get into the mailbag. Let's do it. Let's transition to the mailbag and complain some more. Let's do it, bro. But first, word from the partner. The Liberty Yell is now the official partner of Park Sportsbook. New users sign up today using code LIBERTYYELL and get a risk-free bet up to $500. And when you deposit $25, it really helps the boys out. That's Liberty Yell, all one word. So if you think you have a lock on a game tonight, why not have some risk-free insurance? Thank you once again to Park Sportsbook and back to the action. And we are back. For the mailbag, episode 73, kicking it off with Bleed Orange and Black, our guy. Happy New Year, TLY. Thank you, brother. What is your current thought on the status of the team? What are your thoughts on TK, Sandheim, Braun, and Ristolainen's play? Any moves or trades you guys are thinking about? Personally, at this point, I want TK traded. Are the Flyers still a playoff team? I say yes, but out first round. All right, so that's, I mean, that's a pretty loaded... It's a pretty loaded question. There's another one there as well. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, we'll go that second. But what is your current thoughts on the status of the team? Uh, they're a team that gets outplayed five on five, can't score on the power play, and uh, get ex- they, 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 they get grossly outshot. So I mean, not very good. Even though they are two one and two in the last five, but I just it's frustrating, man. I mean, we've seen it since the bubble. They've gotten outplayed. They get outchanced. They get outshot. They they lose the majority of their one-on-one battles. They're chasing the game half the fucking time. It's the same game every fucking time we sit down. And it's really starting to get tiresome. I mean, like, when are we going to sit here and stop talking about, like, systems or coaches and just, like, look at the players and be like, you guys aren't good. You guys are not good enough to be here anymore, so we got to move on from you. But I'm not there yet. I mean, I could see the reason why you'd want Konechny uh, traded right now, but as frustrated as I am with him, I'm not ready to completely trade him away. But, I mean, if you're going to send something back, I'm all ears, obviously. But I'm not ready to trade him away for anything like a first-round pick or a second-round pick or anything like that. Like, I'm not ready to trade him away for picks and just to get him off my hands. Like, If we're going to trade Konechny, I want something back for him. But... Not good. That's that's what I gotta say. The thoughts on the team right now are just not good. Yeah, I'm definitely just disappointed because it seems like last year they got that elite goaltending, but it fell off about ten to fifteen games in. But it it really bothers me this year because it seems like the the goaltending gave them like half a season. The goaltending is has given them elite play for half the season, and they still can't figure shit out. It's quite literally the exact same season as last year, but. This time the goaltending has like extended their play and and played well until like December uh, December and January. Bro, the the first period of that game against the Sharks, Felix Sandstrom made like ten saves in about two minutes. I know it was crazy. The first the first ten minutes of that game were crazy, dude. I mean, he was sprawling out making saves. I mean, forty three saves in the entire game is is disgusting. It's disgusting as the NHL player making his first start in the league to face 43 of their shots at 
like away in San Jose against a team that's not really that good. It's sad, dude. It, it's it's like I don't even know how to like begin to to express how bad it is. I mean, it's just it's depressing to watch. It's depressing to write about. It's depressing to talk about. There's nothing about this team that's exciting to sit down and be. Oh, I'm excited to see this tonight, or I'm excited to see this forward group tonight. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see like the Konechny, Lawton, and Frost line. But I mean, if that's the only line that I'm sitting here looking forward to, then like, how much fun is that game going to be? You know what I mean? Remember, remember last night when I texted you? They're about to cough one right up after scoring, and they did. And they did. Yeah. It's just predictable. Like yeah. you, that's it's bad. You're predictably bad. That's that's so awful when I, you're predictably bad. I feel bad for G too because you know he's pissed. Like every time they score one of those goals that like come right after the Flyers playing well and you feel it coming. I mean, he smashes his stick. I mean, he smashed his stick last night again. I mean, you could just tell he's an extremely frustrated player right now. And I I I, I generally feel bad for him because he's trying his fucking hardest out there I and mean, he's just got a bunch of losers around him honestly dude like he's got a bunch of players around him that don't fucking care that don't play hard that don't like i mean dude we're, we're sitting here watching a keith yandel and kevin connaughton slash nick sealer third line i mean third pairing bro jackson cates patrick brown nate thompson would be playing games if he wasn't hurt like it's zach McEwen. even though like okay zach McEwen is a good player but can we stop acting like he's like this, this amazing player that can't be taken out of the lineup. Like, can we, can we talk about that for a second? Like, yeah, Zach McEwen is great. I love the energy that he brings. He's cool. He's a great fourth line player. But can we stop acting like this guy is like a non-negotiable take out of the fucking lineup kind of yeah. player because he's not. Like, can he's we not st- even Tyler Pitlick? In my can opinion, can we please stop getting attached to these trash players? Can we please stop getting attached to these waiver wire pickups that like we refuse to sit? I mean, we're watching Zach McEwen, Patrick Brown, Kevin Connaughton lead our team right now, man. Like, that's what we're fucking watching right now, man. And they refuse to put Cam York, Igor Zamula, fucking any of these actual prospects on the team. This is quite literally Claude Giroux's last fucking season on the team, man. And we're and we're giving him Kevin Connaughton, Keith Yandel, Jackson Cates, Nick Sealer. Like it's a joke, bro. This guy wants the guy wants a this guy wants a fucking cup. This guy wants a fucking cup. And we're giving him Kevin Connaughton, Nick Sealer, Keith Yandel. Fucking, we're giving him Garrett Mayhew. It's a joke. It's a joke, and I would not blame this guy to turn around and be like, "Hey, Philly, I love you to death." You'll always be in my heart, but I want a cup, and I'm gone. I wouldn't blame him. I would cry if it happens, but I would not blame him, bro. It's an absolute fucking joke. This I, I forgot, man. You played a fucking game. It's a fucking joke. Go give me Cam York, dude. I don't care that he looks semi-okay against AHO pros. I don't give a fuck. The worst thing that can happen... Is that Cam York gives up some goals. He looks a little out of place. He gets out-muscled in the corner. Cool. What's Kevin Connaughton doing? What's Keith Yandel doing? What's Nick Sealer doing? They're doing the exact same thing. They're getting beaten corners. They're getting outplayed. They're getting outskated. So why can't I go see my 20-year-old the best defensive prospect? Why? Because Kevin, because Keith Yandel's 11 games away from an Ironman streak that I don't give a fuck about? That's why? It's a joke. Fuck this organization, dude. Honestly. 
this organization deserves to lose as long as they play Keith Yandel, Nick Sealer, and uh, Cameron Connaughton on this team. They deserve it. are owned by fucking Comcast, bro. Yeah, Dave Scott, go fuck yourself, dude. If you're listening to this, go fuck yourself. You're a loser. Is. As far as moves, though, Bleed Orange and Black, uh, yeah, it's York. That That's the internal move. I'm not thinking anything external at this time. He, he brought up TK second round pick, Sandheim. Trade it for a Tarasenko type player, if that's even on the fucking board. That's not on the board I'd anymore. It, but that's not nothing like that. I don't think is out there right now. Zach, attack. What are your ideal lines, including power play one and two? Uh, this is this is much harder with the absence of Couturier. Yeah, I mean, are we talking? I mean, if we're not, uh, if, if we're talking about the lineup right now with Couturier out, I like the first line: Farabee, Giroux, and Atkinson, uh, Wilman, Hayes, and who's next to Wilman and JVR is not a fucking line that I would keep together. I would probably go... I would probably go... Giroux... No, not Giroux. Farabee, Giroux, Atkinson, Frost, Hayes, Konechny, and then probably put William uh, Wilman on the third line with, like... I mean, I guess Cates at this point. I mean, that. I mean, is that where we're at? Third line, uh, Jackson Cates. <laughs> it seems that way. It sucks because I really like that line of Frost, Lindblom, Konechny. Yeah, me too. I would really like to see them keep building things up. But as as the season and the last couple of seasons have gone, it's just musical chairs with the way we're going to shuffle players in and out, up and down. Lindblom, you're on the fourth line one night. Now you're on the first line. Oh, two-point night. You're on the third line with different people. It's just... I mean, that's another thing I talked to you about. Like, how are these... How are these players supposed to gain confidence and chemistry when they're constantly moving, like constantly moves up and down the lineup? How are they supposed to gain confidence with their line mates and and be comfortable on the line that they're on if they're waking up and coming to work every day and like they look up and they see that they're on a different line? Like, how are you supposed to gain any kind of chemistry? For power play one, I want absolutely left wall Giroux, right wall Frost. At the yep. point, you re- you really could put Provorov or Sandheim there. I don't care. I don't want Keith Yandel there. That guy's a walking shorthanded goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> the slot, I, I I actually like the idea of interchanging Konechny and Farabee within the slot. Give Farabee the left-hand shot for the, the slot feed for Giroux, and vice versa with Frost with Konechny. And you could put JVR in that front. Ew, a, and, unit, a unit of Giroux on the left wall, Frost on the right wall. Farabee in the middle, JVR at net, and then Provra behind would be fucking dirty, dude. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they won't try it. They'll, they'll instead. They they like going two for forty. Yeah, they enjoy in, going. In they enjoy going three for sixteen in the last six games. And, the, and the, more importantly, they don't even like switching it up. It's not working. Awesome. Let's try the same thing over and over. But but if the power play looks good, like it did against Colorado, let's switch it up immediately. <laughs> I feel like it's a new power play. I feel like every single morning I go on Twitter. Every single morning I go on Twitter and I go, new power play line rushes at practice today. Like, it's so hard to keep up with what they want to do, what they want this team to be. It changes every day, it feels like. It's, it's, like you said, it's hard to keep up with them because every time that you do keep up with them, especially with the power play unit, it's it's different. And I understand, yeah, they're dealing with a lot of, uh, like COVID issues right now, so like the line, the five on five lines are obviously going to be different. That's why we're seeing 
Max Wilman on the third line, but I mean on the second. I mean it's it's JVR, Drew, Atkinson, Wilman, Hayes, Faraby, Limblom, Frost, Konechny, Kate Brown, and McEwen. Like I can't sit here and be that mad that we're losing games, but like. Now that we have, but lo- it, it's honestly, it's like it's the way that they do it. It it looks like they don't give a fuck. It looks yep. like if they came out in those games and you saw a team that played with pride. You remember more specifically the game against Carolina, the road game we won two one. Guys were putting their bodies on the line, Barely. blocking pucks, doing everything to get that win. They like expelled every bit of energy. Like I don't see that in this team right I now. Barely remember that game, dude. And even that game, now that I'm clicked on it, the Hurricanes have 40 goals to our 20. I mean, 40 shots to our 28. Yeah, that's all I'm asking. Don't get outshot by double. Is that so hard? <laughs> no. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, don't let don't let the Seattle fucking Kraken put up a Dave Hackstall team put up like 40 shots on you with like 20 being grade A chances. 14 more shots than us to Kraken head. It's disgusting, dude. Like that. Like it took JVR. Scoring like clutch heroic goal for us to be in that game. Like people forget that we went down two one with five minutes left in the third. If it's not for JVR getting that quick one, that's an L as well. But yeah, it is. It's it's a joke, dude. Like this isn't a good hockey team, and I'm like I'm I'm glad that me and you aren't blinded by the fact that they're two one and two in their last five, and like, they've actually like have picked up points in their last couple of games and shit like that. Like, if you're looking at this and you're, like, taking any kind of positives away, that I really do not know what you're watching. You must be just re-watching the games after you come home or some shit. Because, like, when you watch these games live and you're following up on Twitter, like, these games are brutal. Like, these games are absolutely fucking 110% one of the worst hockey games that I've watched since this COVID shit has, like, started. Like, since we've come back from that COVID break... It's been the same team. Dude, it's just... It's 60 minutes of sitting there waiting for something to click. Waiting for some kind of extended offensive zone time. Waiting for some kind of pressure. And when they finally get the slightest bit of it, and it seems like things are trending their way, Yandel turnover, puck in the back of the net, good night. Like, it's 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 a tough watch, bro. Why doesn't anybody seem confident with the puck on their stick? That's my thing. Like, nobody... But, like... And I'm not just saying this because I'm just, I'm a good fan, but like nobody but Drew, Faraby, Frost. I mean, I Atkinson. can probably throw Sandheim in there too. Atkinson, those guys. Like other than that, nobody looks confident with the puck on their stick, and that's worrisome. Like when you have that many guys on your team that like don't look confident with the puck on their stick, you're gonna have some problems. And I mean, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a team that's lacking confidence. And that just bottom line, just they they're just not a good hockey team right now, man. Like they're 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 just not a good hockey team, and it's, it's frustrating. And I I don't know if there's a fix. I really don't like. I'm sitting here trying to think of like, oh, is if if, if Ryan Ellis comes back, it can can shit turn around. I mean, obviously we're gonna get uh, Lawton, who else? Broussard, Hart back from the COVID list. I mean, that's cool. They're gonna meet up with us and what uh with, with the Ducks. So I mean, that'll be cool, but. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's a crossroads because it, it, it's really as simple as this. Like, the team's not going to go out and make moves and invest in these players anymore. They're not. If they fail themselves internally this year, they're gone. 
them like so there, there is no going out and getting like a a Tarasenko or a Johnny Hockey why this team hasn't earned that this team hasn't even earned a fucking Derek Grant like it, it's <laughs> it, it's ridiculous like that, if, if this goes move. south it's a rebuild or it should be a rebuild if if they just let this ride and then do nothing in the summer well then I would hope Chuck's gone I mean if this continues and we miss the playoffs and I I generally don't think I see Chuck back I agree with you Honestly, I don't know how you could bring him back. I mean, I mean, that's only- what sucks. That it's internal. Like these guys got to figure it out for themselves, or they're gone. There's no going out. Like they're not gonna get to the next coach, the next actual coach. If you know what I mean. Like, like we, we do our interviews, we hire our guy. You fuck this up, it's different. The Flyers are different, or they should be. I hope. I hope they don't just sit on their fucking ass. I think that's the signed- only. I'm sorry, good. I was going to say, I hope they don't just sit on their ass because they extended Couturier so they feel some need to just always be in, like, a winning mode. Like, it, I hope if this goes completely south, they have the balls to admit, we we failed. We failed, and now we're going to build it right. Like, I hope I hope that's the case. I think the only chance that Chuck Fletcher has to saving his job is if this continues into the offseason. I mean, into, like, the rest of the season, and then the offseason hits. The only way that I can see him saving his job is if he does do that. So I, I, I honestly, I kind of agree with you now. Like if this continues into later in the season and we end the season out of the playoffs with the same kind of thoughts on our mind, I think the only way Chuck Fletcher is going to save his job is to make those very, those trades. Those big time, like Kinekny kind of trades to save his job. I think it's the only way that he would be able to save his job. And if he doesn't want to do that... I think I think if he doesn't want to do that, then I think we're right back on the Hextall situation where the team's gonna look at him and be like, if you don't want to make a trade to try to make this team better, then you're gone, dude. That like that's where we're at now. Like if 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 Chuck looks at Connect and he's like, oh, I don't want to make the trade. I'm sorry. At the end of the season, where he still has like zero fucking goals, then like the front office is gonna be like, all right, guy, like bye, cool. Like we already we fucking fired Ron Hextall. Why don't you think we're gonna fire you? So we'll see. Well, yeah, well, so far, like, if, if I broad stroke just look at what Chuck Fletcher has done, he, he's come into a young team, young prospects, and he has willingly made it older. And that, we thought, was going to be good moves, and some of them were. Like, Ryan Ellis, I thought was a great move. I mean, Ryan no Ellis one... is still a good move, bro, because like, I see people on Twitter being like, oh, Chuck Fletcher made this terrible fucking move, as if anybody in... Yeah. If anybody thought that Ryan Ellis was going to get hurt in his last preseason game, if Ryan Ellis didn't get hurt in his last preseason game, he's probably still playing right now. So anybody sitting here and being like, Chuck Fletcher is so stupid to, to, to trade for Ryan Ellis, you're dumb. Like, you're straight up, don't know what you're talking about. I'm making that trade 10 times out of 10 again. Ryan Ellis got hurt in the last preseason game it's not like he came into the trade. Like, it's not like they traded for him while he was hurt and were like, oh, we're just going to take a gamble on him and hope that he's healthy for the training camp and can play into the season. No. Like, he was okay. He got hurt in the last preseason game, but now he's still dealing with the injury. So, anybody being like, Chuck's so stupid. He's so stupid for giving up absolutely fucking nothing for Ryan Ellis. Like, if Ryan Ellis ends up being like this injury-prone defenseman and ends up not playing games for us and ends up playing, like, 25 games total for us in his Flyers career, and, like, the trade's just there. Cool. Like, we gave up fucking 
Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick for him. Like, if that really ends up, like, if Ryan Ellis really ends up being a terrible trade and he doesn't pan out, cool. Okay, we gave up Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers. I would take that gamble 10 times out of 10 again. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, dude. No, I agree, but, like, overall, like, I see Chuck, he came into a young team, and he made them older, and now we're kind of in a, like, in the same spot we were in. Yeah, in the okay. Pack. He did, like, he saw, he, he saw this team, and, like, Konechny, Farabee, Limblom, like, even JBR, and he's, like, all right, let me, let me get Knight Thompson, who's, like, a really good bottom four, uh, bottom six kind of player who can play PK minutes and play, like, eight minutes a game. But then, like, he wasn't used like that. Like, Nate Thompson was playing, like, 13 minutes a game and, like, being, like, an actual force on the team for a while. So, like, he added these older players not knowing that, like, they were going to get a lot more playing time than they were actually, than he previously thought. So, I mean, that's where we are now. I mean, Farabee's been the best player on the team the last three games, four games. Him and JVR, maybe? Mixed in with, like, maybe Frost, even though Frost... I mean, Frost has, like two points in his last four games, I believe, because I'm not counting that Devils game because he played a total of one, like, 112. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Frost has two points in his last four games, but, like, even Frosty has looked good. I mean, I've really enjoyed watching Frost play. If it wasn't for Frost, I probably wouldn't watch a lot of these games, if I'm being honest. The Ellis trade is still funny because Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers have a combined 17 games played for one point. And Ellis has five points in like four or five games. Yeah. So, I haven't heard about Nolan Patrick in like three years, so I don't but know. But it's the just funny on. because even with Ellis only playing five of the thirty games, it is still an on paper win. If you want to just put us side by side, what? The fact that Nolan Patrick and Felipe Meyer combined this year have seventeen games played for one point total, and Ryan Ellis has five in the five he's played. Yeah, I mean, I'm still making that trade 10 times out of 10. Like, I, him getting hurt in a preseason game, nobody could have predicted. So if you're sitting here acting like that you could have predicted Ryan Ellis getting hurt in the last preseason game, then, like, you're lying to yourself. Like, you're just trying to be cool. Like, you're just trying to sit there and gain likes on Twitter because you think it's cool. Nobody could have predicted Ryan Ellis getting hurt in the last preseason game. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, dude. I'm still doing that trade. He's still going to be back probably soon. Not sooner than we would like, obviously, but he's he'll be back in the next probably like seven to ten days. We'll see. I hope. We'll see, dude. And if not, and like like I said, and if not, and he winds up not playing another game for the Flyers, I'm still I'm still doing that trade. We gave up Nolan fucking Patrick, which I don't care, like who I don't care about, and Phil Myers, who's a undrafted free agent, who's like an okay player. So like can like can we stop acting like we gave up? Like a number one draft pick and a top defensive prospect for him. Like, can we stop acting like we gave up this crazy, crazy load to go get fucking Ryan Ellis when in reality the only thing that we gave up was Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers? Like, it, these people blow my mind, bro. These people just love to, t- these people just love to hear each other talk on Twitter and get likes. Let's just um, get through the rest of the questions. Yeah, Dominic Bala, great show you guys have. Seems like this team needs a system to buy into, and I do not think Yo is it. Players like him, but what have the players done to choose their coach? With G likely leaving, they need to find a guy to bring out. Uh, uh, they need to find a guy who brings out the best in his players. Maybe Torts can. 
And it's so funny that this question just popped up because I was just saying the guys that are here right now don't, haven't earned the right to go through a new coach, new system. No, they haven't. No, 100%. Nope. I agree with you, but I agree. Maybe Torts? Yeah, maybe. I, I t- Dude. This team I don't doesn't know. have a system like that. Like that's the crazy part. Like, like we said in the beginning of the episode, it looks like a bunch of a bunch of guys just running around playing hockey and not knowing what the fuck. Like, it, it looks like me showing up at open hockey, being like, "Yo, can I join?" And they're all like, "Yeah, you can join." Like, all right, let's just fucking wing it. Like, we have no yeah. system. It's that, like our mi- our midnight fu- our EASHL drop in games at midnight, <laughs> where we have three guys on the team who like don't pass. That's what exactly it looks what it's like. like. I mean, it's. Like he said, like like Dominic Bala said, what has this team done to deserve to pick their coach? They haven't. And, I mean, that's a great point that that he made. I mean, with, with G, G leaving is, I, I would probably say it's like 60, 40 that he's not. So I'm going to give him like 40% that he probably is. But, I mean, that would be a huge thing if he left. I really do hope Dude. that he sits there... That he sits there and takes a pay cut and, and and comes back and tries to win a cup with us. But, I mean, if this continues and we keep on losing games the way we are, and then we obviously get knocked out of the playoffs, then I'm, I told you 10 minutes ago, I mean, I would not blame him if he was like, hey, I love Philly. You guys will always be home to me. But I want to go win a cup. Like, I have to go. I'm 30-something years old now. I want to go win a cup. And, like, who are we to be like, fuck you, G? Fuck you, G. The only thing that we've done here is, I don't know, waste your career. Literally your entire career. The best player that you played with was when you were, like, 22 and it was, like, Chris Pronger and fucking uh, Yagamir Yager. I mean, like, the, the the best goal scorer that he's had is, like, Scott Hartner, bro. Think about that. Scott Hartnell in the yeah. slot. And like Scott Br- Hartnell put up, like, 40 that one year. Braden Shen in the slot. Like, yeah. Oh, Braden Shen's is the, the, the best player that he's played with. The fuck out of here, man. I mean, it's it's not G's fault. And, like, the losers that sit there on Twitter and say that, like, G's a bad captain or G sucks. I mean, they're, like, losers. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. He's one of... I think you have an argument to make that he's the best player in, fran- in franchise history. I think you have a, a, a very solid argument. And even though he's a little bit more behind than Bobby Clark in points, I think you can make an argument that he's the best ever, especially in the era that era of hockey that Drew's played in compared to Bobby Clark's era. Dude, those people are so weird. Those are the same people that'll tell you, like, well, if this team was still ran by Mike Richards, he'd go in there and tell <laughs> he'd tell Kevin Connaughton to not get cracked by Brandon Lemieux. Wait, is he, is Mike Richards the same guy who, like, made the cup in 2010 by, like, a by lucky as shit and then got swept <laughs> by the Boston Bruins in 2011? Is it the same Mike Richards we're talking about? Like, what yeah. has that guy done here to, like, deserve the kind of treatment that he gets from fans. Like, I understand the last time this team was, like, quote-unquote semi-competitive was when Mike Richards, Claude Giroux, and all those guys yeah. were on the team. But- he hit guys. He showed heart. I know. Yeah, I watched okay, him yeah. play. Like, so I loved Drew- watching Mike Richards play. Don't get me wrong. But Claude Giroux... Does the same him, thing. To go at Claude Giroux for bad leadership is such a joke, especially when, like, the display that the entire organization has put in front of you this year to have the balls to sit there and be like no it's on the team's leading point scorer who's 34 years old you're a fucking clown i mean i don't care the fact that he's 30 something years old and he's the best player on the team is pretty sad by far i will give him that but the fact that like they'll also the same people will be like 
they should have never traded away that team, man. I mean, we, me and you talked about it off record. Uh, that's a joke. That That's a joke. That team, that 2010 team made the playoffs on a whim. Lucky as shit. Last game of the season. Made a Cinderella run. Absolutely. It was one of the best times of my life as a Flyers fan. I was like 10, 11 years old. And then the next year, they got swept and got embarrassed by the Boston Bruins. Like, what are we talking about here? Barely like, got by the Sabres. We, what are we talking about here? We got, we barely got by the Sabres with fucking Christopher Stieg. And I, and I got to sit here and hear people talking about how we should never have given up on the 2011 team because they would have done something. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, with, with, with their fantastic goaltending, yeah, right? Yeah, with their great goaltending and the terrific defense, dude. Led by Jeff Carter. The fuck out of here, yeah, man. Yeah, the the mistake wasn't that trade in particular. It was it was what they did with the pieces after that trade. It's I, the fact that they went out and got Ilya Brizgalov. Yep. Dumb ass move. It's the like it's just the fact that they never surrounded Simmons, Voracek, and Giroux with an actual team. They were there for rebuilding seasons. But Danny, it, but Danny, Mike Richards went out and won a cup. Jeff Carter went out and won a cup. As if they, they yeah. as if they were like the leading forces on that team. As if they weren't fourth flying players on that fucking team. Like exactly. Can, can as, we if, stop? as if those teams didn't have Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick, Ante like, Kopitar, fucking yeah. Dustin Brown. Like, can we stop acting like Mike Richards was the leading force on that LA Kings team? Can we stop acting like Jeff Carter was the leading force on that LA Kings team to win them a cup? Can we shut the fuck up? Like what are we talking about, dude? Like what are we actually fucking? And it's talking eleven about? years later. Like it, and like, you're we're still like... talking about that trade. It's a joke, man. Yeah, it really is. We have three separate questions about Yandel. I'm gonna group them all into one. Parody goalie Jacquezy, <laughs> and at Flyers fan three thirty four one says, "How long until Yandel's at the door? Please just torch Yandel." <laughs> do you actually? Do you think the Flyers are actually looking to move Yandel? Actually, Jacquezy said thoughts on Limblom's game. Now that he isn't being left on the fourth line, uh, let's start with the Yandel shit first. I feel I, well, I feel like we've hammered this home all episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I'm. Uh, to do it. I think the whole streak thing is is, is stupid. It's stupid. Um, I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, why but, are we putting up a player's personal stats in front of a team? I mean, why are we putting a player's personal stats ahead of a trying to win hockey games? I mean, that's and what I just we're doing. don't get it because if I'm Mike Yo, this is essentially a job interview. This yeah. is your interview. What, whatever you do with this last stretch of the season will be accounted for, and like you'll be able to have conversation, cups of coffee with Comcast. And if you did great, they might be interested. And it's just, it's just a guy who, this is a job interview for him, and he's still playing some guy because of some pointless fucking streak. Irks the shit out of me. He's got it's it's that Maybe hockey it's on Chuck. culture shit, dude. Maybe it's, it's that, on Chuck. No, I don't know. I said it to my pop today. It's that hockey culture shit, bro. Nobody, no coach wants to be the coach that looks at Yandel and was like, "Yo, despite you being eleven games away from breaking the Ironman streak, I'm gonna be the one that sits you." And then like, the, no hockey guy, hockey coach around the NHL wants to be that dude who's the reason why Keith Yandel, despite being a hundred percent healthy, wasn't the reason why he hit. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're dealing with, and that's what I've accepted. That's why I I'm sitting here like, there's no way. That Keith Yandel gets sat because no coach, especially Mike Yo, has been in the league for how many years? He's been a head coach in the league before. He's not going to be that guy who puts his hand on Keith Yandel's shoulder and was like, "Yo, despite you being 11 games away from this record, I'm sitting you." Like it's not happening. So we, fu- it's got to either be Yandel York or we're going to be on this podcast screaming still about y- uh, Connaughton. 
Like that's that's where we're at now, bro. Like that's the position that we that's the position that Chuck Fletcher has put ourselves that has put us in. So I think this like let's not be mad at Keith Yandel, even though we could be, because he's the one still trying to like sign NHL contracts despite knowing that he's completely cooked. <sighs> but let's look at Chuck Fletcher and be like, dude, go fuck yourself. Like why are we looking at Keith Yandel here? Why are yeah, we no, picking like we, up Kevin Knowlton on the waiver wire, dude? Like, we talk about Ryan Ellis, but before that, forget to mention that his big pickup was Eric fucking Gustafson. Yeah. The year prior, who is, like, essentially Keith Yandel without the no-move clause. So we were able to get rid of him. Yeah. And didn't have a, didn't have a pointless fucking streak. He could be sat. It's like, a joke, eh. dude. It's a joke. So weird. Thoughts on Limblom since he hasn't been left on the fourth line. I thought his play improved as of late. I like I like him on a line with Frost and Konechny. He looks better, but I mean, in the beginning of the year, he was so atrocious that better is anything. Yeah, seriously. I mean, one goal, three assists, four points in his last five. I mean, that's a lot better than what it was before when we were sitting here talking about him. Obviously, getting out of the fucking fourth line was the main thing for him. Because this, it never made sense. I mean, AV putting him on the fourth line. He deserves to get fired from that outright. I mean, the Oscar Limblom under no circumstances should be on the fourth line. He is a, a extremely good complimentary player. Complimentary, I'm sorry, complimentary player. I'm not saying maybe not first line, but second, third line complimentary player. Yeah, I'll definitely take that. A third line is probably the best for him, but I mean, second line's fine. This team just drags ass on everything, huh? Yep. Like, if you really boil it down and break it down, they they really drag ass on everything. Like, I remember when Chuck was being asked about firing AV just four days before he did it. He was like, oh, I'm going to give him some time. I'm going to give him some time. And three days later, he's fired. Changed the, the snap of a finger just like that. And I remember they were like, Frost isn't ready. Yeah, yeah, he needs to go down there and develop more and mature more. And then Broussard gets hurt on that Florida trip. And who gets a phone call <laughs> right in the middle of the night to go to Sunrise, Florida, who should have been with the team anyway. But no, Hayes had to go on that golfing trip, even though he wasn't playing hockey games. I mean, like I could just go down the list of things that have just frustrated me. As someone who... I'm looking at it from like a casuals perspective, like if trying to keep up with this team, it's hard for me to keep up with. I'm I'm checking in on this team every single day, and I still don't have an idea what the fuck they want, what they're doing, what kind of power play they want. Umbrella setup, cool. Now no, different the next day. Like it's just, it's so annoying, dude. Five on three power play. Let's let's pass it around the perimeter for fucking twenty seconds and see what happens. It's a joke, dude. I mean, there's like we said before, there's zero structure to it. That's the thing. There's zero structure. They have no idea what they're doing. The power play is fucking... Let me flip this. Three for 16 in the last six. That's 19%. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a team that's not a good hockey team, Danny. So, like, I've accepted that. I, dude, I've come to terms with that. It's really just hard to fucking root for. I mean, I've, I've been saying this since last year, but, like, I just don't like these guys, bro. Nope. Like, this, this group of guys that are on the team. Like, I do not have like any kind of like attachment like the only one i really do is kind of drew like i want to see him win and i want to see him win here i don't feel that way about anyone else i really don't no dude go to colorado and have fun i hope i never hear your name again like it's just the way i feel about some players on this team like and then people have the balls like, nick all kubel is scoring for caught i don't care <laughs> yeah how's I that really going do- now dude How's that Last go- question. Drew Dangles. Why does Provorov suck so bad? Chill. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's been brutal this year. He's been brutal, yeah, but like 
it, he's weird. He's one of those players that like he he'll, he'll next year he'll be so good. No, see that that's the thing. I think I'm off the. I don't want to say that. I think I think Provorov is like a a borderline one B two defenseman. Like he he's so obviously not a number one defenseman at this point. Like I, I think we can all agree with that. He's not a number one defenseman at all. Uh, I'm struggling to say that he's a one B now because. I mean, I know Justin Braun isn't the best option, like I've said before in like podcasts and in articles. Like the longer that Justin Braun stays on your first pair, the worse it's gonna get. But I don't think Provorov is a number one defenseman. I think he's a good number two, and I think they're gonna have to make a decision between Provorov and Sandheim very soon. I get what you're saying. And, like, to take this a step further, are you basically saying, like, he can't be a number one defenseman if your team wants to contend for Stanley yeah. Cup? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it sucks Absolutely. to say because I I honestly – I did think Provorov at one point would be that, like, 30-minute-a-night work. I mean, like, he could still play 30 – like – yeah, no, he definitely is that guy. It's just like he's not he, though. That, that's the thing. Like he he can go out and play it, but can he play those play those minutes well? As yeah, well that's as he, the thing. That's the thing. Like he, the turnovers that he's had the last handful of months, just the the plays that he makes on the power. I mean, like he the, him on the power play, his indecisiveness, how long he holds on to the puck is just not what you want out of a number one power play quarterback. So like. It's frustrating because I do really think Provorov could be an extremely good defenseman. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen Provorov play the way that we know Provorov can play. But, no, I don't think he's a number one defenseman like we thought he was. And the power play, yet another sheltered, safe role that you can put Cam York in and let him grow and develop as a player. Because we fucking need a power play quarterback. And yep. he does that. I don't know. I don't know, Stubbs. Fuck the team. Fuck him, dude. I mean, That's I've been how I that feel. For, I know for... next game against Anaheim is going to be fucking brutal. It's probably going to be the same shit. We're probably going to lose in a shootout. Probably going to lose in a shootout, but we're, we're going to be outshot by 20. It's going to be a great Hart game. Yeah. Hart, oh, yeah, Hart coming back? Probably, yeah. Hart, Broussard, Lawton. I mean, I don't even know. Like, Is Broussard going to be back now that he's off the COVID list, COVID list or is he still hurt? Like, I'm, I'm so confused with that, that. Yeah, I mean, and you're going to stay confused because you're not going to get any kind of clarity. You're going to get a cryptic-ass tweet on a random Monday at 5 p.m. that says, he's progressing. And that's all you're going to get. It's fantastic. It's great. I can't wait for that text. Is that it? Is that all the questions? That is all the questions. Damn. 81 minutes into this pod was a good one. Definitely was, dude aggressive podcast but needed to be one because one. I don't care if they're winning games they already lost 10 straight so what what does a 7 point streak mean if you went 10 games this year without a point you know what I'm saying I mean like it's nice it's cool but like no way should anyone be like giving them benefit of the doubt um, they deserve to get fried no they don't they don't deserve any kind of benefit of the doubt dude no not not one bit but this was this was fun. It, this needed to happen. This episode needed to let this loose. Definitely. You can follow us at the Liberty L, me at T L Y Danny, Chris at Chris Stumps. Yes, sir. Go floor.